BetMGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. And we're 15 minutes away from kickoff Thursday night football. Vikings still six-point dogs, total 48 and a half. Ryan's now got a new emoji up. It's the heart eyes emoji. I nobody love football. Uses these. Why does nobody use these? We're going to start using them. I love football so much that I'll I'll even cheer for the Vikings there, tonight. You will? Yep. It's down to six and a half. We grabbed an early down seven and a half. No, six. Six again. Down to it six. Bounced back up to six and a half yep. when I just had the screen up. I, I looked because my Navy, in the Navy, we just tied things up against Memphis. A big 68 You're a wee guy now? Uh, yeah, I am a wee guy. It's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I did not serve in the Navy. Uh, old hip injury uh, prevented me from that. But we, we, I thought we, that was a new hip we injury. We lied at the 17 and a half. We're down to 10 and a half. We're feeling good. You know what? Navy might win this game. Let's get wild. I love it. Yeah. I love the attitude. It's perfect. All right, Jason Lock and Ford jumps on with us. Bet MGM game day Sundays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern. SQL Network also, <laughs> 105.7 The Fan and Odyssey Station in Baltimore. Hey, let, let's let's start with big picture for just what we saw week one heading now into week two. There was a lot of really bad offense from a lot of teams where you expected yeah. Jason to see you know a lot more. Do you chalk that up to like the bad East Coast weather? Was it rust? Was it maybe teams not playing their starters as much in the preseason or at all like we've seen in the past? Or like because the look the the, the Eagles were certainly one of those teams. The The Bengals are another one that jumps out because they were atrocious week one. I know it's kind of painting just kind of a broad brush all over all of them, but is there maybe one or two things you can pinpoint to that? Well, I think it's some of what you just mentioned. I'm actually working on a piece about this for the Washington Post, and um, I think a lot of people are, are wondering if the Sean McVay pendulum swung too far and if too many coaches, given that training camp's already been truncated and there's no more two-a-days, and not as many teams did the joint padded practices or did multiple joint padded practices with other teams as they had in the past. And we're now three years into this cycle of losing a preseason game. Like, was there just enough work to get people going? Because a lot of the offenses that look sloppy, you know, it's not just because you're adding a Bryce Young or an Anthony Richardson, you know, or you change coordinators. Um, You know, I think there were 16 teams that, didn't have a passer go over 200 yards. There was only five passers who went for 250 yards. The collective quarterback rating for week one was 83.2. I think mean, 37 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. Half the games featured two total passing touchdowns or less. So, you know, I do think this whole risk-reward argument of how much do we play guys in the preseason and what do we do and then how much of an effect will that have on our, our overall product – Um, I think that's playing a role, and more and more coaches are kind of saying, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to rethink it, including guys like John Harbaugh and Nick Sirianni, who've been to Super Bowls. Um, So, yeah, I I think that has played some some role in it. Uh, It was ugly. Uh, Unders, I think, were like, what, I think 12 games went under. 
And last year was an under year, and especially early in the year was really under. So I'm kind of leaning into that proposition. I think some of these offenses have a ways to go. Um, some of these offensive lines uh, just aren't very good. And it wouldn't shock me if it was a prevailing sense in week two that uh, a lot of these games left something to be desired from an offensive fireworks standpoint. Yeah, Jason, I was really excited about Baltimore's offense with Todd Munkin taking over play calling. And I know it was the Texans, so maybe they just didn't want to show a whole lot. But I'm a little worried now. You worked out four offensive linemen. Uh, J.K. Dobbins out for the year. And then Lamar, uh, I thought he was going to air it out a little bit more. Only four air yards per attempt, which I believe is the second lowest in his career. So what's your concern level for uh, Baltimore's offense early on here? Well, they didn't push the ball down the field at all when you went out to training camp and they didn't do it in the preseason and none of their guys really played together and injuries are have been their bugaboo and their back I mean Lamar threw one pass that went even 21 yards in the air yeah. um, it, you know and it is a, it's a horizontal passing game it's a heavy screen game it's a high percentage passing game they're looking for yak you know uh, Zay Flowers looks like a yak monster uh, I'm not sure about some of the other guys. You know, Mark Andrews, they tried to poo-poo that injury for weeks, telling the fans nothing to worry about, and then he didn't play in the game. When he doesn't play, it's a different offense. You know, Lamar getting used to being in the pocket that much. Lamar with with no design runs, that's very different. You know, the default around here when the offense has hit uh, trouble spots, well, let's just get into the pistol, play some option football and road grade people. But – you know, they ran the ball, what, 32 times for barely over 100 yards? So, yeah, there's a lot of recalibration going on. Um, that's one of those under teams. Baltimore's been an under team. Cincinnati's been an under team. The three matchups that they had last year, and I get it. It was backup quarterbacks in some of them, but those were, were games that all went under the total um, for this week's game. I, I just think that's who they are right now, you know? And the defense, while it lacks household names and they lost their free safety, Marcus Williams now, um, They've given up 13 offensive touchdowns since week eight of last season. The next closest team has given up 17. You know, the Ravens' red zone defense, it's Roquan Smith, went there. 27 trips inside the red zone, seven touchdowns, 27% rating. There's no other defense in football that's below 37%. So I think some of that will continue, and I think the defense will have to lead them. And I also think John Harbaugh going into this game saying, I don't have Ronnie Stanley, I don't have – um, Tyler Linderbaum, my center. If I do have Andrews, he's going to be banged up. I, I think they may steal some pages from Greg Roman's playbook. And they played the the, the, the fullback 41% last year, last week. He played over 60% last year. I think Pat Ricard might be on the field a lot to help those tackles. And I think they might be running the ball more than they ever would have guessed for game two under Todd Munkin because I think they might be in a little bit of survival mode uh, at Cincinnati and playing the long game with a quarterback who's been hurt the last two years. Another team people were very high on in the division was Cincinnati. Um, another under team. That offense looked abysmal. Deshaun Watson continues to look not right. Do you think he uh -huh. ever gets back to being the nope. Texans? Never. No. Nah. I, 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 you know, they're, they're human beings. There's a mental side of this. Um, and I think he was exposed and exposed himself in ways that I, I don't think he looks at. I mean, again, I'm not going to sit here and go all Ziggy Freud on you, but for a multitude <laughs> of reasons, um, when you go from being the face of the league and the guy held up as the, you know, the the poster the poster man for the United Way, and then all of and then all we find out all what we found out, unfortunately, yeah. 
and you 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 now walk into every stadium and they don't want your autograph they want to throw an egg at you they want to tell you how much they hate you um even your own fan base is still divided about your presence there i just think that's a very different experience and you go that long without playing football um and, and i haven't seen anything from him even in the preseason that looks remotely interesting throwing the football now he's running all over the place but you look at them last week, and, and I know people are loving the Browns, and the defense was great. I'll give them that. I mean, the second touchdown was a gimme late in the game when the Bengals are in desperation mode and basically ready to – right, they're calling off the dogs, and if we can't get this fourth down here, we're just going to bring in the scrubs, which is what they did. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't see much there. You know, I don't think he's going to connect with Amari Cooper the way Jacoby Brissett did. And now their offensive line, which is already getting long in the tooth, um, you know, right tackle situation, left tackle banged up. The defense better lead them. Yeah, I mean, I know I said this jokingly during the preseason, but if Deshaun continues to struggle, do you think there's any possibility while he's still under this massive contract that we see some DTR? Not unless he gets hurt. I, I just, you know, that's just an ownership decision. And we've seen a lot of owners be explicitly involved in their quarterback decisions and and that's their right he's only there because of the owner um i I can't imagine that owner with the kind of money they're giving him you know saying let's go you know let's change our offense let's go to this different thing and see this different guy and and the reality is the defense um if they can stay healthy we'll probably keep them in a lot of games um but, like, I, I think he's going to throw picks. I mean, I love getting plus money for him to throw a pick last week. They want to give me plus money to do that again. I will absolutely be over, um, be all over that. I think it's going to be a very different experience for them um, against this Steelers team that that is probably going to approach this as something like a September playoff game. Uh, and, and I also think Pittsburgh will realize they have to run the ball. I think Mike Tomlin will take over Matt Canada's job a little bit. And I think they will run at that wide nine in some ways that um, maybe gives it a little more problems than the Cincinnati Bengals did. Talking to Jason Lockin for a bet MGM tonight. Now, we, there was so much intrigue about like the debut of all the rookie quarterbacks and the way they look in week one. And I felt like to me, the most interesting one, because there were so many maybe question marks, was what Anthony Richardson was going to look like. I mean, 24 of 37 passing looked, I mean, for a debut for somebody like that, felt like it was a pretty solid debut. Absolutely. Uh, the, the Colts now go up against the Texans and C.J. Stroud. For a while, it was the Colts minus one and a half. They were one-point dogs now. It's moving around on BetMGM. But uh, when, when you saw what Anthony Richardson looked like week one, I mean, I heard you say it. You felt like that was a pretty good debut. Were you surprised at all that how much he threw the ball? A little bit, yeah. I mean, hey, look, it's such a wild card. So little college, you know, tape and a team that that – we know the situation with Jonathan Taylor, right? And the offensive line seems to have really regressed from a few years ago. And it's Quentin Nelson, the same guy. And, um, so, yeah, it, it was fair. To, and, and, you know, it's the, the, the head coach's first game and all that. So I think it's certainly fair to have questions. And, and he's by no means a finished product. But obviously he's a dynamic talent and he can do some things physically that not everybody can do. Um, I really like what C.J. Stroud did. Mm-hmm. I mean – that's on the road. You know what I mean? That's their, their 10-point dog. Um, I, look, he had a little bit of, I won't even say jitters, but a feeling out process early. Um, he adjusted. Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him. I felt like he managed the game really well. Uh, 
I like the way he manipulated the pocket at times when he had to. Like, I, I think he's a cool customer. This will be a really interesting football game for me. I also think D'Amico Ryans has that defense already pay, playing with some swagger and with some attitude that's been missing a long time. Um, and, and Anderson was an absolute handful uh, last week, and I, I think he's just sort of starting to scratch the, the, the you know, um, just obviously just getting going. And, and if a veteran team like the Ravens had that many issues with some of the um, second-level blitzes, some of the corner blitzes that the Texans were throwing at them, and that was considered one of the best offensive lines in the league, again, before Stanley and Linderbaum went down, I wonder what, you know, I wonder how Anthony Richardson and company handle that. So it's an interesting game. I was impressed by both of them. Both both looked um, a little more advanced than I than I thought they would. Um, the Richardson, obviously, the big takeaway though is you can't. You know, he, he, we say this all the time, but he's going to have to learn to protect himself sooner rather than later. Uh, Jason, we got about three minutes still. A game I'm fascinated to watch is Seahawks Lions. It's a five and a half spread, actually down to four and a half. Uh, Detroit favorite at home, totals 47. What do you think's a bigger overreaction? Maybe that Seattle's not the team that we thought they were going to be heading into the season or that Detroit's for real this season? Well, I'll say this. Um, I was on the Detroit's got to prove it sort of side of things, and I was yeah. also on the I think Seattle can can be right there with San Francisco if not beat them. Um, and I, I think I was wrong on both of those. Uh, and I think I was more wrong on the Seattle. Like, I, I, the Gino, I, you know, I, I, what is it, Cinderella, and they turn the pumpkin into a carriage, and yeah. then it turns back to a pumpkin at midnight. I think it's about 11.58, you know, maybe it's 11.59. <laughs> maybe it's 12.01, uh, and it's already happened. But I'm, I'm not buying that. I thought Seattle's defense, at least at home, would be a thing. It certainly wasn't in that game, and now they're going up against one of the best offensive lines. In football, And what I wanted to see from the Lions, and part of what held me back about the Lions, is when you really watched them last year, you put them on a fast track, you put them indoors, you put them in a hermetically sealed bubble. It was one thing. You take that show on the road, offensively it was another. Well, I'm not going to tell you it was the greatest thing in the world at Arrowhead, but it was pretty damn good. And by the standards of the rest of week one, it was, it was more than good. Uh, and now they get to go home where they averaged 142 rushing yards per game you know, in, in domes last year. And they, they averaged 32 offensive points a game in domes last year. And golf's going to be well protected. Um, I think you'll see even more Jameer Gibbs. I like the Lions to go over their team total in this game. That's how I'm playing that game. These two teams played a, a, a lights out at the OK Corral in Detroit last year. I don't think Seattle can keep pace like they did a year ago, but I'm not even going to get into that side of things. I think the Lions go over 30 points in this game. So it's sitting around 27 and a half, 28. I'm over that. Really quickly, about 30 seconds. Just wanted to get your takeaway on what we saw from Josh Allen and with whether this is just the new normal now that Brian Dable is gone. Well, there certainly aren't the same guardrails. There's not the same tough love that there was when Dable could see this happening in the first quarter of a game, nip it in the butt on the sidelines, and it went away. So there's something in the dynamics that's not there. I still think that's the best team in that division. Um, they've obviously got a little bit of, a, of an uphill climb, giving one away to the Jets, but um, I'm still buying the Bills the best team in the AFC. Jason LaConfora, MGM Game Day, 105.7 The Fan. Of course, also make sure you follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Coming up, how's Navy doing? 14-7 Navy. There you go. Plus 300 on the money line. It's the lucky pillow. That's what it is. Kickoff next. Shoot. Thursday Night Football. It's BetMGM tonight.